It's 4 o'clock and time for the Calvary Live Show, taking your calls and questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. I'm so glad that you're tuned into our program this afternoon. Those of you listening on Grace FM in Colorado and Wyoming, what a beautiful day it is out here in the West. And I'm glad that you're listening today. I hope you are blessed and have been blessed by listening to just great Bible teaching all day long. And we want to continue to be a blessing to you today on Calvary Live. I want to welcome also those of you listening on the Hope FM radio network on the East Coast in Maryland and Pennsylvania and New Jersey. You get to be able to call in and be a part of our program as well. And as you just heard that number, 303-690-3000, that works for everyone who wants to call in at this time for the next hour and ask questions about the Bible or Christian living or give your prayer request. Also, I want to welcome all the online listeners. Feel free to call in. We've had those calling from all over the country that are listening right now, and you too can call in and be a part of the program. The Hope FM radio network, as you call in, you're a week delayed, so you get to call in at this time, and uh, the fun thing is is you get to listen to yourself on the program next week when it airs on Hope FM. But we'd love for you to be able to call in and ask questions, give prayer requests. As you've heard, the number to call is 303-690-3000. Love to talk to you about the things of the Lord, about the Bible, about the things that really matter to you. My name is Jeff Figs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado, and I am so blessed to be with you once again. So grab one of those open lines right now, and so you can get on the program and, and let's uh, talk about the Lord and the Word of God uh, for the next hour. Also, you're able to text in a question or prayer request on our text line, and that number is seven two zero. Three three six zero eight nine seven again seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. We have open lines again. Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs, ready to take your calls and questions here today and prayer requests. Uh, everybody, I'm sure has um, prayer needs, and if you'd like to receive prayer, love to be able to talk with you and encourage you, and uh, and bring you the comfort of the Lord and the promises of the Lord to you. Uh, I was thinking today as we were having a staff meeting that as we are ending October and as we are going to be heading into uh, the um, holiday season here in November and into December, uh, there's a lot of planning. And of course, we always plan a couple months in advance of things coming up and all the things that are taking place here at the church with Operation Christmas Child and we're the collection place for all the shoe boxes that come uh, in collection week in November with uh, food baskets and Thanksgiving baskets and Christmas baskets going to be prepared. Um, just all the, the holiday uh, season coming and stuff. And I'm sure that uh, you are starting to make plans for that as well. So it's coming on us very quickly. And it can be a time that's a joyous time. It's a busy time, though. And I just want to remind you, it took me back to uh, what the Lord ministered to me last year at this time when we were entering into the holidays. But I want to remind you, and hopefully just a quick reminder, uh, the story of Luke in uh, records in chapter 10. It's only in Luke's gospel of Mary and Martha when Jesus went and visited their house. And I'll read it to you. Now, it happened as they went 
that is Jesus and the disciples, that they enter a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she call, uh, had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her." And so I just want to remind us, maybe uh, this holiday season that's coming up as we start making plans, that we want to make it uh, a purpose in our lives. Uh, There are things to do. There's baking to be done, shopping to be done, um, things that have to take place, traveling, plans, finishing up projects, schoolwork, things like that. But in the busyness of the season that is coming up, but I pray that we don't forget to sit at Jesus' feet and just enjoy him this holiday season in the season of thankfulness and celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ as we get ready to enter into a new year, just to be refreshed and renewed as we finish this year, being thankful for what he has done and taking that time to really sit at the feet of Jesus. So hopefully that's an encouragement as we head towards that time. And uh, hopefully that this hour that we are in at Calvary Live, I can encourage you to do that. So uh, give us a call, 303-690-3000. Let's go to the phone lines to Carl in Golden. Carl, you're on Calvary Live. Hi. How are you today? Doing well. So I have a question. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm on church. I serve in junior high ministry. I'm close to the uh, junior high leader a pastor. Um, I'm in his growth group. The one thing about him is he's, uh, he's, his theology, he believes in replacement theology. He's an amillennialist when it comes to eschatology, and he kind of believes that the church, there's, there wasn't really Israel, the main vehicle for, for God in the history is, is the, uh, church, and the Israelist church, and like in, and usually it doesn't bother because he never really does any sort of deep teachings, and that theology never really comes out. But in our last growth group, he was, we were doing talking about scripture, and he started teaching some things, doing some things about making comments about certain interpretations of Galatians. One, I'm saying that that was, you know, that this is a church that the, the tutor uh, of the law was was for the church um, and not for Israel and stuff like that. And so I've I've always, you know, I, I've had some discussions with them on eschatology. But like when you're in a situation like that where he's teaching other people, grand only come across is telling him he's wrong in front of everyone, everyone and undermining him, trying to honor him. Um, so I, what's the best way to go about the situation? Should I try to talk to him outside the growth group and say, hey, like if you're going to give your interpretation of the scriptures, like I'd like to also give you, you know, share the group with my interpretation of that scripture. So th- is this growth group? Is this part of a church that you go to? Yeah, it's part of our church. Okay, does the church in general, the, like the senior pastor, does he teach replacement theology? No, he's—no, they don't. They—that's uh, what's, you know, different about churches. They were willing to hire a guy that had different theology, okay. but he's hes great at junior high ministry. Like he, I've never okay. served under anyone like him. I love him to death because of how good he is with youth and his— Wait, the way he's, he's set up yeah. the ministry, but uh, yeah, with with some things like they, the church they've only let him preach once, and they took him right. off the uh, um, announcements team. 
Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if that's because of well, his theology here, or what. But. Here, here's the thing, and this is where it gets on a slippery slope or where churches can get on a slippery slope, is that um, what is being taught in the youth group, what is being taught in young adults, what is being taught in a lady's study, what is being taught in a men's study, should correlate to what the senior pastor is teaching. And I've seen this happen in churches before, and I think that, you know, uh, some pastors are open to, you know, that's good, and that's, you know, open to different interpretations. And I understand that take on that. I understand being open to different, um, you know, takes on uh, when it comes to end-time prophecy, whether it's replacement theology, which, by the way, I don't hold to, Um I think that we are seeing that doctrine grow even within evangelical churches, but there's a couple issues here. Number one, if the senior pastor is uh, teaching that um, that God has a plan for Israel in the last days, which I believe he does, and then you have junior high kids or high school kids or young adults or lady study that is learning replacement theology, to me that causes confusion. So that's the first problem and challenge that it has. And um, one of the things for me personally, for my church, and I'm not saying that this has to be for every church, but one of the things I don't want to bring is is confusion. And so what my junior high pastor or my high school pastor or the lady study um, leader is teaching is going to be very similar is going to be in accordance to what I am teaching the congregation. So if I have parents that are learning about, you know, uh, eschatology, that God has a plan for Israel, that he's not through with them, and then they have kids in the high school or junior high that are uh, learning replacement theology, and for the sake of listeners, replacement theology uh, says that God is done with Israel, that he does not have a plan for them, um, that they forfeited the promises of God in the Old Testament, and that the church has replaced Israel. And I don't know if that's the way he's teaching, but there's different even forms of replacement theology that has taken place in the church today. There are some that say that the United States has replaced Israel politically, nationally, um, and that those uh, things that are written concerning what's going to take place and what's going to happen to Israel in the last days, really speaking about the United States. I do not believe that the United States replaces Israel. God has his uh, plan for Israel. He said that he would bring them back into the land. And um, if you adhere to replacement theology, then you have to ignore hundreds of verses of the Old Testament um, and some whole chapters. So that that's what you're looking at. So, you know, one of the things that, you know, you need to pray about is not only, you know, you being able to present your view, but, um, you know, just this confusion that perhaps is happening in the church. And I, you know, um, that's where you're at, um, because I won't, you know, one of the things that we have is a statement of faith, um, and in our application process for anybody who teaches, that it has to be lining up with the senior pastor, what he teaches. But if I got somebody who's teaching post-tribulation, it doesn't mean they're not a Christian or a good Bible um, teacher, but what it means is it brings confusion to the congregation. 
do you understand what I'm saying? So what you need to pray about is how you're going to approach it. I would approach it prayerfully, carefully, maybe uh, talk to him about that, talk to your senior pastor before you do anything, and see where they're at and what they'll allow you to do so you don't cause confusion as well. Yeah, okay. Does that make sense? I know I kind of rambled on on that, but I I just think, because I hear this a lot, not a lot, but I hear this where, you know, the, the high school pastor is teaching differently than the senior pastor. And I think there needs to be a harmonious, you know, coming together and doctrine and stuff. And, and it's not that those who teach replacement theology, even though I disagree with it, um, even though I believe that it affects the way that you teach the Old Testament, um, it doesn't mean they don't love the Lord or they desire to study the Scriptures. But I think there needs to be... Uh, a similar message of doctrine. It's like I believe in the pre-tribulation rapture. I'm not going to have um, one of the leaders teaching a post-tribulation rapture, and then there's confusion, and, and what is it? So, does that help, yeah. Carl? Yeah, it does help. Okay. Okay. Good question. It's a, yeah, it's, right. it's Yeah, it's great. So, okay. Well, thanks for taking my call. You bet, Carl. Have yeah. a great evening. Yeah, you too. Bye. Right, 303-690-3000. How this works is when somebody hangs up, we have an open line. So give me a call. Grab one of those open lines, and let's go to Brett. Brent, that is in Loveland. Brent, you're on Calvary Live. Hello, how you doing? Good, Brent. How are you? Good, sir. Uh, my question is, that, is about divorce. Um, I have a friend who's uh, getting divorced due to uh, neglect and mental abuse, and I was wondering if that was wrong. If that was a problem, it's a problem. If, if, if it, Are, is it wrong to divorce over that, or is it, I mean, ov- I'm, just, you said I'm over not certain about something like that. Mental abuse and and ne- what else neglect. did you say, neglect? Yeah, yeah. It, it just, without knowing the specifics, we know that the Bible very clearly gives, you know, biblical uh, precedent to divorce. One is for infidelity, um, sexual immorality. The other one is Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 that if, you know, keep your marriage vows, but if the unbelieving spouse leaves, then you let them leave. That's that's the guidelines that are given to us in the Scripture. And so whenever there, you know, abuse, whenever there's physical abuse, um, that I always suggest that um, that the one who's being abused or the children or the spouse, uh, that they need to get to a place of safety. Uh, it doesn't mean that God cannot work, uh, but they do need to be a place of safety in that. And unfortunately, there are those situations. When it comes to neglect, I'm not sure the severity of what's going on, uh, but it certainly doesn't sound like a good situation. And um, and my heart goes out for those who, who face those very difficult situations um, when there's any kind of abuse, uh, whether it's verbal abuse but particularly when there is any kind of a physical uh, sexual abuse that's going on, they need to be in a place of safety. But that's what the Bible says as far as touching on biblical reasons for divorce. And even in those times of uh, infidelity and also when a spouse leaves, there's a time of prayer and a time of seeking the Lord and seeking Him, uh, whether that's the direction that that um, person should go and seeking a divorce, or, or whether waiting and, and seeing if the Lord's going to bring healing and restoration. 
Okay. Well, I guess the situation, it's a friend of mine. And, uh, I mean, she feels terrible about getting a divorce because she knows, you know, what the word says. But uh, I guess she's just, you know, absolutely miserable. I mean, just, you know, because of the neglect and the mental abuse um, and things like that. It's just, yeah. she's just so miserable and she just can't handle it anymore. Yeah. You know, Brand, it, it is hard and it is difficult. And my heart goes out to those who are going through such a thing. But, you know, one of the things is I want to give people the word of God. I want to tell them that what is about. And it's very unfortunate somebody who goes through just terrible, um, you know, verbiage abuse or, you know, neglect um, has been really abandoned uh, in a sense, uh, physically and emotionally. Uh, but that that. Uh, she is going to be a place of seeking the Lord and seeking counsel from her church and support from her church because they know the situation a lot better and um, just a lot of prayer at this time. Okay. Is there anything I could say to her? I mean, she's, I mean, she does beat herself up pretty bad yeah. situation and getting a divorce because she, you know, she is a Christian. Yeah. She loves the Lord. So, yeah, but she just yeah. feels like the situation is just, you know, gone you know, just pray for her, pray for her and, um, you know, pray for her marriage and, and pray for her spouse. The Lord knows who it is. And why don't we do that right now? But you're in that place of just, um, just trying to encourage her in that way. And, uh, of course, divorce isn't easy. I don't, you know, Hollywood makes it sound like it's easy, just divorce. Um, but there's a tearing away of one flesh when divorce comes. And it, it, we know that according to God's word, Jesus said, what God has put together, let no man um, put asunder, and it's God's will, and she apparently desiring to do what the Lord wants her to do, but feels that her rope's in, and um, so we just need to pray, and Father, we do pray. We pray for a friend of Brent that has gone through just difficulty and felt neglected and abandoned and um, abused, um, and you know the situation, Lord, and we know that what your word has to say about divorce. And so, Lord, I just pray for this marriage. If there's any way for reconciliation and for restoring and healing, that you would begin that process. And that my sister, that uh, she she knows you. And, Lord, that she would seek you on your will for her and according to your word. And, Lord, that you would work in every way and give Brent to just the, the wisdom to be able to minister to her and to be able to um, give her the Lord uh, your word, your promises, your comfort in this situation, it can be so difficult. And we don't know all the circumstances, but you do. So, Lord, I pray that you would work a miracle uh, with this couple. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, Brent, no easy answers, you know, on that. You know, um, uh, divorce is a very serious thing. We we take it seriously in our marriage vows. Um, but... Um, it's, yeah. it's, it sounds like a difficult situation. So we'll I know keep one praying. instance in the Bible, I believe it was J- one of Jacob's wives, where he neglected her, and it mentioned that God showed mercy on her, you know, that she, mm-hmm. like she bore kids, you know. It's something that, that was the that was only, only thing I could find in the Bible about it. You know? Well, um, there, with Jacob, he had, he had Leah and he had Rachel. And, um, you know, Rachel, he loved, and Leah, um, she felt neglected. And that's the problem with having multiple wives in that context. But, you know, he's called husbands to love their wives as Christ loves the church, to cherish and to love 
and to serve them. And that's what it means to love them, is lay down their lives for their wives, to live with them in an understanding way. And it's so important that, that husbands depend on the Lord and look to the Lord in that. And whenever there is, you know, a living for self, and whenever there is, you know, abuse or neglect that has taken place, it brings such strain and fracturing to that marriage um, to the point where um, there seems to be an overwhelming sense of hopelessness. And we hate to see that. And we want to support and pray for those who are trying their best to keep their marriage vows. And yeah, there is, there is uh, mercy and forgiveness, and it's not what the Lord desires. Um, so it's a difficult, difficult thing. And we're just, you know, just pray for her and um, encourage her in the things of God. But all I can do is give them the Word of God and tell them uh, what God's Word has to say and then pray for them. Okay. Thank you very much. All right, Brent. Yeah, good question. So a difficult situation. All right, Brent, have a good evening. 303-690-3000. Let's go to Dennis in Longmont. Dennis? How you doing, Pastor? Good. How are you, Dennis? I'm doing good. Thank you. I just want to say, I mean... I think the church, in so many ways, is doing such a great job. I mean, I don't know what we would do without our church family, and there's so much outreach. But saying that, I have a couple, I got a few issues with the church, and I'd like to get your take on it if I can. Okay. Okay, it, it's, it's, it's two subjects. I mean, I mean, about homosexuality, and I understand we love the sin and we hate the sin, and, and that's exactly what we need to do. But I feel like the church is... I can't speak for your church because we don't go to your church. We go to a different church in the Denver, North Metro area. They really never talk about it. And what bothers me about it is the reason why I believe as Christians we really need to be honest because it's a sin that's getting accepted with society. Like, for example, everybody will agree murder is wrong, stealing is wrong. But now society is accepting homosexuality and I'm worried about the generation behind us, our kids, grandkids, great-grandkids. If the churches sure. don't take a lead role in this, about, yeah. you know, really saying, look, something has to so, be done about this. Yeah. Go ahead. So, Dennis, do you, have, do you have a general question for me, what my take is on that? Yeah, 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 um, yeah. And then one last thing. And then we don't talk okay. about—and then the churches don't talk about hell very much either. And it's like, how, yeah. as we want to change the world, we need divine interventions to get this— get this going to change it the church is the is the shepherd we're the flock well if the church isn't right. leading us as as a shepherd how do we how do we as the flock expect to get anything done uh spiritually on those subjects yeah and and here's here's the thing with me dennis and kind of my my take we go through the scriptures uh, from genesis to revelation i've taught through all 66 books of the bible um, in my 20-plus years here at Calvary Chapel, getting ready to finish a second time. And one of the things that as you go through the Scriptures systematically, um, line upon line, uh, precept upon precept, you have to talk about homosexuality because it's written there. So when we come to that section, we do talk about homosexuality and, uh, and that God does call it a sin. Um, he does love uh, the sinner, uh, and um, you know, it's like any other uh, sexual sin that is in the scriptures. We talk about it, we declare it, call people into repentance over it. Um, when it comes to um, eternal 
salvation. Um, that when we give the gospel message, also that comes with it, that any rejection of the gospel message and of Jesus Christ, there is eternal separation for eternity. Um, hell is real. Jesus talked uh, more. There's more verses that we have Jesus talking about uh, hell than about heaven. So hell is real. So I think that, number one, that um, when churches are are teaching from the Bible, a lot of times what pastors can do is pick out the scriptures that they want to talk about so they can avoid those subjects. They can avoid any kind of sin issues. They can avoid you know, eternal separation apart from Jesus Christ uh, for the non-believer, judgment, uh, call to repentance. And you see, I think the trend, Dennis, today in the church can be that pastors want to give ha- happy messages. A lot of the trend in the church today uh, is that they want to um, talk about how to, you know, live very practically, you know, how to be spending your time, you know, juggling your time. Uh, there's just a lot of subjects that are there to help Christians, you know, in their practical life, but there's not a whole lot of holiness that is talked about. And um, and we need to call everyone into repentance and and to come to Christ and talk about sin. You cannot truly give the gospel, Dennis, unless you talk about sin, right? And, no, Pastor, I agree with you 100%. And, you know, thank you, Lord Jesus, we have pastors like you in your church, but I would say 90 to 95% of the churches don't do that no more. That's that's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, well, I don't know, um, because I I don't go to other churches, um, you know, but, but you I to, do. You listen to, like, uh, like, like I listen to different uh, pastors on the radio, on TV. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been at the same yeah. church for nine years, so but we don't go church hopping by no means. I'm not saying that. Uh-huh. Uh, but I'm saying, I mean, if you hear... And uh, if you listen to it on the radio, you watch it on TV, and you go to a few different churches, you just don't hear that subject hardly at all. And you're right, Pastor. I think what—and we go to a Bible-believing church that preaches in the Bible, but it's like you said, it's selective uh, passive. Yeah, they won't, it it's all be. about grace and uh, redemption and salvation, which thank you, Lord Jesus. I get that. Yeah. But not about yeah. the consequences. And I don't yeah. know, Pastor. I just think um, when we look mm-hmm. at what's going on today in the world— I feel like the churches, there's a big responsibility that they have about it for, again, not preaching the whole gospel. I put a lot of this on the churches. Yeah. Well, that's why, you know, Paul said to the Ephesian elders that I not, you know, neglect to give you the whole counsel of God's Word, and that's what I desire to do, and these subjects come up, and, and you know, about repentance and holiness and, and pursuing righteousness and putting those things away. But you know what, Dennis, we're getting ready to go to the break. Why don't we pray you, to Pastor. speak a time to pray for the church? And I appreciate mm-hmm. your call. And, uh, Father, I do pray as Dennis sees, you know, and senses these things, that the church is called to holiness and to teach the whole counsel of God's Word and to proclaim it. And, Lord, uh, we want to give people the truth. We want to give them the truth in love, as Ephesians says. But, Lord, I do pray that pastors would stand for righteousness, that they would stand for the truth of God's Word. And, um, Lord, we just pray that you would um, just... Uh, look to uh, to just minister to the hearts of pastors and leaders, uh, convict them to to, to um, preach the truth. And Lord, we just pray that um, that that would be done. There, we know the revival will come when the truth is preached in, in the Bible. So Lord, I just pray this 
In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Dennis. Blessings to you. God bless you. All right. Yeah, it really is important. We're getting ready to go to break here in just a minute. It's And um, and I know that we got um, um, Aaron on hold, and we'll get to you as soon as we get past the break here in just a little bit. And I'd uh, love to pray with you, Aaron, um, for your prayer request. So hang in there. But, you know, one of the things I want to pass along is, is it's really important um, that that we believe all of the Word of God and that, it, you know, you're, you're taking it in and um, that you're taking it to heart and uh, so important. So, hey, we'll be right back after the break. Stay tuned to Calvary Live. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Call us with your questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus right now at 303-690-3000. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. So good to be with you. We've had a great first half of Calvary Live, and uh, it's been wonderful. So grab one of those open lines that is available at 303-690-3000. Let me give you the text line as well. If you want to text in a question at 720-336-0897. But I want to go ahead and go to Aaron. Uh, He's been waiting. And Aaron, you're on Calvary Live. Hello, Pastor. How are you, Aaron? Oh, doing great, Bless. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to ask for prayer for my wife. She's been suffering with depression for I don't know how long, and she described it to me last night, and it worries me. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, uh, depression is a very real thing, and and it happens. And I want to read you a psalm. I was looking at this yesterday when I was doing some study, and and I, I just want to give you some some hope, some encouragement, um, because in Luke's Gospel on Sunday here at the church, we're in that section where Jesus is before the religious council, and um, he goes through a series of six trials before he goes to the cross. And he's already been in the garden sweating great drops of blood in his passion and in his agony. They bind him up. They bring him back to Annas' house, and then in the Middle of the night, he goes before the religious leaders, and it's an illegal trial, and they beat him, and they they punch him. And then there's a third trial before the religious leaders, and that is early in the morning. This is the official trial. But something happens between that illegal trial at night when they beat him and mock him and spit in his face to when he stands early in the morning with the the official uh, trial before the Sanhedrin. He's held in a, in a holding chamber, in a, in a prison. When you go to Jerusalem, there's a very special place at Caiaphas' house that they've excavated where they held prisoners. And that's probably where Jesus was kept for that hour or two in between the illegal trial at night and then the early morning before the religious leaders. So it's all to say this, that Psalm 88 uh, was written by He-Man, the Ezraite. And I was looking at that because uh, some believe that perhaps it's speaking of Jesus when he was in that pit. And I'll read it to you. 
He says, For my soul is full of troubles, and my life draws near to the grave. I am counted with those who go down to the pit. I am like a man who has no strength, adrift among the dead, like the slain who lie in the grave, whom you remember no more and who are cut off from your hand. You have laid me in the lowest pit and the darkest in the depths. Your wrath lies heavy upon me. And he goes on, he says, that I am shut up, I cannot get out. My eyes waste away because of affliction. And Lord, I call upon you daily. I have stretched out my hands to you. And and to you I have cried out, O Lord. And in the morning my prayer comes before you. And, and so you can read Psalm 88, and you can see that it speaks of perhaps what Jesus was feeling when he was in that pit, and when he was in that darkness. And, and one of the things I want to encourage you that, um, Aaron, is we're going to pray for her, and the Lord sees her, and he knows what it's like. We may not know, you know, when I talk to somebody who's really depressed, I, I don't know what exactly they're going through, but the Lord does. Because he's been in an hour of darkness and in a pit, and that's what it feels like when you're, you're suffering with depression. You're in a hole. You can't get out. And, and he knows what it's like to be in the darkest hour and in that place of isolation, in that place of loneliness. And the Lord desires to minister to her and we're going to pray for her and just encourage her with, you know, I think the Psalms, particularly in Book 2 of Psalms, which is chapters 42 through 72, um, David writes a lot of those Psalms in times that he's in trouble. And those Psalms bring me great comfort when I find myself being down. And, you know, David writes, Why is my soul cast down, O Lord? And so we want to pray for her. I just wanted to give you some encouragement. The Lord sees, he hears, he knows what she's going through, and he's the one that brings comfort. All right? Yes. Okay, let's pray. Father, I pray for, he's asked for prayer, and there's always hope in you. You're the one that brings comfort and strength in that hour of that darkness or or in a pit of depression or our soul is cast down. You know exactly what's going on with his wife. And Lord, I just pray that you would bring her the comfort that she needs and the strength. And Lord, in that time where it seems dark, that you bring life. And Lord, where it seems like her spiritual life is dying, that you bring life. Just as Jesus, from that pit that he was in three days later, brought life and light bursting on the scene. And Lord, that she would come to to see you, even as David would write in Psalm 40, that you're the one that that brings me out of the horrible pit and, and out of the miry clay and set my feet upon the rock and you establish my steps. That's my prayer for her, that you would do that work and that you would establish her steps. And Lord, that you would bring the comfort that she needs and the strength that she needs right now. And I pray for Aaron, you give him wisdom um, to be able to minister to her and to be able to bring comfort to her through your word and to pray for her and with her. And Lord, we just pray for a miracle at this time that you would work in her life and in her heart. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Can I We're pray be for you, praying. Pastor? You absolutely can, yes. Lord, I just want to thank you for the pastors on this station. I... Thank you for what they're doing, and I don't know the trials that they face, but, Lord, you do. I pray that you just be there with them, 
and I pray that you keep standing up pastors that preach the uncompromised Word of God. Hell is real. People need to know that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, Aaron, we'll be praying for you and your wife, okay? Thank you. Okay, God bless you. Thanks for calling. And we want to pray for all those that are down and discouraged, you know, for whatever reason. And it's important that we continue to lift them up and give them to the Lord. And the Lord is the God of all comforts who comforts us in all of our tribulations and trials. And we're downcast. And uh, we just need him so much, don't we? Hey, 303-690-3000. Let's go to Amber and Broomfield. Hi, Pastor. Amber? Good afternoon. How are you, Amber? I'm I'm doing well. Feeling really blessed this this day. Uh, thank Good. you for asking. Anywho, um, I am request. I have a prayer request. Um, me and my husband are has been kind of faced with the situation in which um, we may possibly have. Uh, we already have three girls of our own, but uh, we may be taking over custody or have the opportunity to take over custody of my two nieces who are currently in state custody, not to get into the details, but um, okay. their birth parents uh, don't have them anymore. And we're really struggling with whether or not we should take that added responsibility. We'll be and praying for just, that. We've been yeah. praying on it, and we just haven't really been given a clear answer as of yet. Yeah. And, you know, Paul writes in Colossians that, May the Lord give you a peace that rules in your heart. And and if I said several times on this show, people praying for an answer, is that the Lord will give you a peace that rules. That word rule literally means to make the call. That's what it means in the Greek. It's like a baseball umpire. Um, he's going to make the call for you. He's going to give you a peace that rules in your heart. And I know for me, when I'm praying for decisions, should I go there? Should I take this on? Should I be involved in that, should we step forward in this, uh, I, I look for that peace that rules in my heart. And, and Lord, if you give me that peace, then we're going to move forward. But also Isaiah chapter 30, um, maybe a good chapter for you to read, Amber. Um, okay. And, and read that because Isaiah says to the children of Israel um, that, Woe to you who take counsel, but not of me. And they were going to Egypt, and they were trying to trust in Egypt and the world. And and Isaiah, you know, speaking the word of the Lord, says to them that the fast Arabian horses are not going to help you. But in coming to me, and I'll, I'll read it to you and turn to it real quick. I, I love Isaiah. Um, and, and it's such an important chapter for me. I've gone to it many, many times. In returning mm-hmm. and rest, you shall be saved. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength. And therefore the Lord will wait that he may be gracious to you, and blessed are all those who wait for him. And your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it, whenever you turn to the right hand, whenever you turn to the left hand. One of the things that he says is, go to him, which you have done. Wait Uh on him, which you are doing presently. You're waiting on him. And then thirdly in that chapter, you're going to hear from him. He's going to speak to you. And he's going to be that voice, the still small voice behind you saying yes or saying no, this is at the time. Um, he's going to answer you, and he's going to give you a peace that rules in your heart as you seek him. All right? Thank you so much. Yes. Okay, let's pray. Father, I pray for Amber. I pray that you would just uh, give her and her husband just, um, they got three precious girls. But Lord, to have opportunity to take 
their nieces. If if that's something that you open the door that no man shuts, you shut doors that no man open, first of all, and then whether they should do that. The responsibility is great, but Lord, to be able to love you know, those girls, to be able to minister to them and raise them in a godly home, such a precious thing. So I pray that you be with her and her husband as they're making this decision. They are going to you. They are waiting on you. And Lord, they need to hear from you. So just give them that peace that rules in their heart if they're to do it. Speak to them. This is the way. Go to the left. Go to the right. And Lord, just give them clear direction. And Lord, I just pray that you would uh, guide them in every way. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. I really appreciate it. You bet. Thanks for calling in. We'll keep praying. Hey, Thank you, Amber. Sir. Yes. Amber, let us know yes. how it goes. Okay. I will. Love Definitely. To, Thank I'd love you. To, I'd love to hear the how this story goes and how the Lord's working in your life if you have yes. opportunity to do that. Okay. Will Blessings, do. Thank Amber. you. Okay. Bye-bye. Many of you out there listening, perhaps that you got um you know, decisions that you need to make and and I think it's a good guideline, Isaiah thirty. You go to him, you wait on him, and then you listen to him. You're going to hear from him and allow him to speak to you. Sometimes we get ahead of him. Sometimes we lag behind him. We want to just be where he wants us to be. And that's what's wonderful about being a Christian is he leads us um, and gives us direction. We have the Holy Spirit in our hearts uh, to speak to us. He speaks to us through his word. Ah, it's just wonderful. And, and the Lord desires to guide us in the decisions that we make in life. I believe he cares about every area of our lives and the decisions that we make. Well, with that said, let's go to, let's see where we're at. Let's go to Jake and Aurora. Jake? You with us, Jake? Maybe we lost Jake. Hey, Jake, you had an interesting question. Um, that you said that someone at the store saying Jesus is the Father, he thought the conversation uh, was a little strange. Jake, it'd be interesting to converse with you uh, on that because I, I've heard somebody actually call and kind of give that doctrine and stuff. And uh, Jesus is equal with the Father. Um, we know the Trinity. There's one God and three persons: Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So, be kind of interesting to see what they had to say. Let's go to line one from Colorado Springs. You're on Calvary Live. Hello. Hello. You're on Calvary hi. Live. Um, hi, Pastor. Uh, thanks for answering my phone. My phone call. You bet. You um, bet. I just uh, want some encouragement because um, my husband filed a divorce, and my final, the final is sometime next year. So I'm kind of <laughs> depressed. <laughs> I can't, sure. I don't know how to move on after that. Yeah. So, um, I work every day, but when I'm at work, I forget about it. But uh, when I'm alone at home, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I am so and depressed. <laughs> yeah, and I'm so sorry you're going through that difficulty. And um, and the, the difficulty of going through divorce, you know, one of the things that I would encourage you is to, you know, if you haven't done so already, um, is to, to be involved in the church, to get some support, to be in fellowship with some other ladies. That's really going to help you out a lot. And that's one of the reasons why that Hebrew says, don't forsake the assembly of ourselves together. 
especially, you know, as you see the day approaching, because we really need each other. And one of the ways that the enemy can really accuse us and beat us up and we get lonely is when we find ourselves, you know, isolated. And you said you work every day. And, um, and I, I appreciate that you work very, very hard. But if there's any way that you can be in fellowship and, and be in a church where you're going to get that support, that's going to be a big, huge help for you. And, um, and to be able to, you know, take in that Bible study and allow the Word of God and the Spirit of God to bring that comfort to you that you need and, uh, and to be able to move forward. And um, in your time of trouble, just as we've had those who have called today that are in difficulty, um, to be able to, to go to Him and to be able to call out to him. And um, again, those Psalms that, that particularly, as I said, in book two, and, you know, David writes in Psalm 61, Hear my cry, O God, and attend to my prayer. And from the end of the earth I will cry to you when my heart is overwhelmed, and lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been a shelter for me and a strong tower, and I will abide in your tabernacle forever, and I will trust in the shelter of your wings. And you're probably at the end of your world right now. Yes, Pastor. I actually have a uh, church that I go to, but most of the time I don't go anymore because I feel like I'm tired of crying to people, and I feel Mm. like I'm just a failure. (laughs) You know what? Listen, (laughs) Listen, sister. We can feel that way. And I always tell our people here at Calvary Chapel Greeley that this is a hospital. This is a hospital for hurting people, for people yes. to come and to receive prayer. I don't care if, if they come and they sit in and they're crying and they're hurting for weeks and months because it takes time to heal. It takes time to move forward. And I, I want them to be here. And they can cry and, and they can... Um, you know, have the sorrow, but it's so important. And sometimes it's hard for them to be here. Um, and it may be hard for you to be there because you're feeling like, oh, all I do is I just, I cry and I must, you know, be a failure and I'm a spiritual waste. But listen, there are those that are going to be there to love you and to pray with you and to encourage you. And that's what the body of Christ is to do. We're to bear one another's burdens. And we're to cry with those and weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. And and I pray that you have a place that you can do that to encourage you and to to just be there for you. And it's so important. Otherwise, what happens is, see, the enemy, he, he comes along, he's the accuser of the brethren, and he, he wants to isolate you. He wants to tell you you shouldn't go to church, you know, you're a spiritual waste, you know, you're a failure and all this— that is such a um, trick of the enemy, and you need to be in fellowship and be listening to praise music and be listening to Bible study, you know, and, and in fellowship with other believers. And, and don't be afraid to say, I just need prayer today. And, and I hope okay. that you have a place for that. But, but that's going to be a great encouragement. Don't isolate yourself. Um, that's the, the worst thing that you can do. And, you know, but, if you're up uh, up here at okay. this church, I tell you, you be here every time you can, and you can cry as much as you can. We're going to love you, and we're going to serve you in any way that we can. And that's what I pray. I know there's a church in, in your area, wherever you're calling from, 
and uh, in Colorado Springs. And there are going to yes. be people there to, to love you and care for you. All right? Okay. okay. Um, Pastor, can I ask for a prayer? for? Absolutely. Listen, I want you to know something, sister. Yes. He loves you. That's he what loves people you. say. <laughs> he loves but, you. But, Pastor, and you're going- how... How do you, how would I, I, I don't understand how people say that the, the God spoke to me. Mm-hmm. I don't, I want to feel that and I want to, to experience that. How do I know yeah. that he speaks to me? Well, he primarily speaks to you through the word of God. Okay. <laughs> so be reading the scriptures. As I said, a, a time in your life right now, we are going through this sorrow the Psalms, you know, when I go through a very difficult time, uh, which I have been a season, boy, I go through the Psalms, and I go through the Psalms, and I go through the Psalms. To me, the Psalms okay. just speak to me in a very real way. And, you know, David writes those Psalms when he was going through difficulty and, you know, loss with his family and trials and those coming against him. And the way that he articulates those words, of course, inspired by the Spirit of God to write those words, it just it just speaks to me. And that's how God's going to speak to you. You're going to be reading the Word and just read some of those Psalms. And as you do, He'll speak to you. And, you know, the comfort will come to you as you begin to do that. You know, even as I read you that Psalm in Psalm 61, in Psalm 62, He says, My soul waits silently for God, and my hope is from Him. He is my rock and my salvation. He's my defense. And God is my salvation, my glory, the rock and my strength and my refuge is in God. So as you read that, you think, okay, Lord, you're my strength. You're my rock, okay? You're my hope. And, okay. and as you read the word, read it and pray, Lord, give me understanding and touch my heart. Um, and you'll see that he'll begin to do that. But then he'll also begin to minister to you as you're praying, as you're lifting these things up to him. And again, I love that David writes in the Psalms that he takes her tears and he puts them in a bottle. And he sees your tears and he knows the hurt that you're going through. And so, um, you know, uh, I just okay. I just pray for God's comfort and we're going to pray for that. But don't isolate yourself. And you're going to see okay. that the Lord's going to be speaking to you. All right? Okay. Okay. Thank Father, I pray, for, I pray for my sister who's hurting. Um, she's got a divorce. Um, she's brokenhearted over it. She doesn't know what to do, where to go. But we do know that we look up, we look to you. And I pray that you'd speak to her. You know the circumstances that she would find comfort in uh, believers. And Lord, um, that she would find that love and that support that she needs. And Lord, that as the enemy is going to condemn her, that you would just um, reassure her that there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And, Lord, that you would reaffirm your love to her and that you would give your promises to her. And, Lord, I I pray that you would even between now and March work a miracle um, in her marriage, Lord, that somehow gets healed and restored, and and it may seem so hopeless. I I just lift that up to you. I just pray that you would intervene and intervene in her life. And Lord, that she would sense your presence, that she would um, just receive your comfort. Speak to her heart. She needs to hear from you. And even as Romans says that when we're crying from our hearts, 
the, the Holy Spirit is able to take those words and, and translate it, those words that we utter and, and murmur. We don't know what to say in our grief, but Lord, that you administer to her, and, and Lord, draw her to yourself. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor, for your time. You bet. God bless you. God bless you. I'll be praying for you. Thank you. Bye. You, you bet. I think, I think Jake is back. Jake, yeah, from Aurora. Hey, how are you? Glad hey, you you good, got back. You? I was kind of interested in your question. That um, I'll just let you kind of explain uh, the conversation that you had. Yeah, I was a little loaded for for a little bit of time, but um, my brother in law were walking around Walmart just chatting, and uh, we got invited to a Bible study. And I'm like, okay, well, hey, let's listen. And uh, the lady's like, do you know what Elohim means? And I'm like, I. Off the top of my head, I mean, I know it, but I, I can't, you know, I'm stumped right now. She's like, it's the name of Mother God. And I'm like, what? Uh, and it kind of yeah. it progressed from there, and it went exciting. We had a great talk about Jesus and the Trinity, and that she was kind of blown away that I believe the Trinity is, you know, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And she's like, well, you don't think that when Jesus came down, God wasn't in heaven anymore? I'm like, no, no, he was. It was just it was interesting, and I'm like, that doesn't, I, I mean, I know the answer, but there's nowhere in the Bible where it's God the Mother, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah, okay. There's like, there's a, a group, they're very aggressive. Um, they are from the World Mission Society, Church of God. Yep, and, that's their name. And they're very aggressive because where they'll get you is at Walmart or Target yeah. or at Starbucks and they believe, um, you know, they'll talk to you about uh, the Heavenly Mother, and they believe yeah. that salvation comes by, you have to believe in the Heavenly Mother. And it's a Korean cult um, that was uh, founded in South Korea in 1964. And um, the, the founder of it died in 1985. Um, but they believe that he's the Holy Spirit. And so... Um, they'll come along and they'll talk about the Heavenly Mother. They'll quote from Galatians, right? Um, yeah. They'll quote from the book of Revelation, chapter 21, when it's talking about the yeah. New Jerusalem and uh, all of this. So they take the scriptures out of context. Um, yeah. They believe that Jehovah is the Father, Jesus is the Son, and their yeah. founder, um, you know, Sang Hong, uh, was the Holy Spirit, and when you get baptized, you get have to get baptized in His name, or salvation doesn't come. So there's just they're very aggressive, very legalistic too, um, on the Sabbath and head coverings and all of this. And, and um, the Passover, but it, yeah, probably the Passover yeah. and all that. You um, know, it's interesting yeah. because he's he's been proven to be a false prophet because uh, he predicted Christ would return in 1967. Then he yeah. changed it and said that he would return in 1988. Um, he believed that the world would end in 1967, then in 1988, and then at the end of 2012. Um, so he's been proven to be a false prophet. Of course, we can look at Scripture, and we can tell that it's a false doctrine, um, and he is a false messiah. It has come along, yeah. and you know, it is an interesting conversation, but they'll invite you to Bible study. But what is, you know, the thing about it is um, we've had people that have come to our church that have been involved in that. 
and have been taken in by that. So that's why I wanted you to call to just kind of warn people that you'll be, uh, they're up on campus at UNC here, very, very aggressive. And yeah, and they can c- confuse you very, very easily. So um, check the scriptures, right? Test the spirits to yeah, see absolutely. if they are of God. I was yeah, like, like, you know, I could take yeah. anything out of context from the Bible and make a thing out yeah. of it, but exactly. Uh, we actually, I go to Calvary Brighton, and Paul had just yeah. preached. Uh, you know, it's not faith, and it's not Jesus' work, and it's just Jesus' work. It's just and, Jesus, man. Yeah, in the Word of God, and and you're being taught well at Brighton. Paul's been a good friend of mine for over twenty years, and you're blessed. Oh yeah. Um, but but you know, a lot of people aren't, and. You know how people get pulled into cults, um, Jake, is that uh, they get pulled in because they don't know the Word of God. And so what yep. they do is they tell them that everything that you've ever learned is wrong, and so this is the new revelation, this is a new thing. So I appreciate your call. Yeah. Hey, God bless you. Thanks for calling. Thank We're you, getting sir. towards the end of the show. And say hi to Paul, all right? Love that, Absolutely. man. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> okay. All right, we've had a great show. We're about ready to come to an end. Appreciate all the calls. We were busy. I'd uh, love to see you here at Calvary Chapel Greeley if you're in northern Colorado. Come see us tomorrow night for the Book of Isaiah, Sunday for Luke's Gospel 8, 9, 30, and 11. And uh, we're just going to continue loving people. It's a privilege to serve you. Uh, I'd love to meet you. Come see us. Check out our website, calvarychapelgreeley.com, where we're located. God bless you. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Calvary Live. Be sure to tell a friend about Grace FM.